0: We are going to be learning L'Kutzis Siches Cheiluk Yudchas, Parashas Chukas, the first Sicha. This Sicha is going to be talking about the concept of the Paraduma and how Paraduma is a Chayk, meaning a mitzvah which we do not have a reason for. But at the same time that we're saying that it's something which doesn't have a reason, we say that Hashem told Meishu Rabbeinu the reasoning behind the Paraduma. So this seems very contradictory. So we're going to discuss that concept in this Sicha. Sef it says in the Medrash, on, on this week's Parsha, on the Pasuk, these, this is the Chayk of the Torah, that four things the Yitzhar ridicules the Jewish people about. And these four things, each of them say the word Right, So there are four mitzvahs in the Torah uh, that say the word Chukah to it, and the Yitzhar ridicules the Jewish people regarding it these four things are there's a vera a person is not allowed to marry uh, his brother's wife for example let's say they get divorced or the brother dies you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife but on the other hand we see that if we know there's a if the brother dies without having having any children then there's actually a mitzvah for the one of the other brothers to marry uh, the wife in order to have children from her, And thereby, in a sense, build up the brother's name once again. So it seems very contradictory. On one hand, we're saying you're not allowed to marry the brother's wife. But in a situation when there were no kids, then there's a mitzvah. The exact opposite. there's a mitzvah to marry the Eishasach. Then we have uh, Kilaim. Also, we find a paradox. On one hand, you're not allowed to wear wool and linen together. But then we have a mitzvah of tzitzis. And tzitzis, um, we're told that you're allowed to have wool and linen put together. So again, it's contradictory. On one hand, sometimes it's asr, and the other times it's a mitzvah. We have the soir hamishdaleach, which it brings forgiveness for the entire Jewish people. On the other hand, the individual who brought the soir hamishdaleach to the mountain to throw ah to throw off the mountain, we know that he becomes tameh, and his garments become tame. And then we have the paraduma, which brings tahara to the individual and even to the individual's clothing that become tameh. But nonetheless it says whoever is involved in uh, in the process of making this paraduma, he and his clothing become tame. So on one hand we're saying that paraduma actually brings purity. On the other hand, we're saying that all those who are involved in it become tame. So again, it's very, it seems like a contradiction. So Elu <laughs> that all these in we find things which are higher than intellect. We find something and its opposite, right? one hand we say it's a mitzvah, and then the other hand we're saying it's an aver. Exactly the same thing. He says, from this that Shlomu Melech says, he says, I studied all the different parts of the Torah, and I was able to explain every single mitzvah, even those mitzvahs that we just brought from that medrash. Except he says for Paraduma. He says, I researched it, I examined it, I I questioned it. At the end of the day I said it is a wisdom and it's too distant for me. Meaning is he wasn't able to understand the reasoning of the Paraduma. Meaning that it was specifically the parasha of uh, Parsha said the paraduma, which he wasn't able to understand. So, this makes it very clear that the main concept of a chaik, which is a mitzvah which doesn't have a logical reason for it, that's specifically by the paraduma. So, we might have similar, we might have other mitzvahs which are called chaik, but they're not Mamasha chaik, meaning there could be some type of reasoning for them. Ash-eik in the paraduma, that is really the quintessential chaik, it literally has no meaning. So, the fiza, so since we're saying that the Chuka of the Taira is different than all other chukim, therefore it's understood why by the paraduma it calls it the chayk. This is the chayk of the tyra. Because we read those words, it says this is the chayk of the tyra, meaning the This is the only chayk. Why? Because it the reasoning is, is because the true concept of a chayik in the Torah, which is completely beyond rationale, that is specifically by the paraduma. And the Rebbe brings a very important R number six. He says, He says, and the reason why it's the, the mitis in your chuk is not from the regular reason why people give you. Usually when you ask someone, why is a chuk, so they tell you that it's because those who are involved in it become tamay, but on the other hand, those who the paraduma is sprinkled on become pure. So it seems very, uh, you know, you have this opposite ideas. He says that is actually not the essential concept of the choik, which is here. Because in this idea that you see a you see opposites. That's the same as the other three inyanim that we had in that medrash. There's the eshes ach, the kilai, asar mishdeleh. They also had that same type of choik, and we said that Shlomo Melch was able to understand it. And bees, it says Also in that medrash, it says the itzah ridicules. Meaning is. That someone who's the it's only the Yitzhahar, meaning is that they do have reasons and it is logical, So only the Yitzhahar, that in a sense makes fun of it. Um, so therefore, the Rebbe is concluding that that's not really the essential reason why paradum is a chaik. He says, rather. The reason why it's a hike is because of how it's, it's a, it's a central concept of how it's able to purify. We're going to bring this medrash later on, but in short, the medrash is going to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was unable to understand how our paraduma could get rid of tumasmas, someone who touches a dead body becomes tame, and he couldn't understand how this idea of the paraduma is able to bring purity to such an individual. And we're going to discuss this in Siv and Siv Chas in much detail, but that is really the Hike. And 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 Chai actually brings another reason, which is Alder Um Basically, what he says over there is that the Paraduma doesn't have any other comparison in halacha. Uh, we have Karbanis, but the Paraduma is not a carbon, right? Because it's not brought in the base of Megdesh. You don't take any parts of the, of, of the Paraduma and bring it on the Mizbeach. On the other hand, it's not like the Sar Mishteleach that went to the Azazel, because the Sar Mishteleach was inside, and they sent it away from the Beis HaMikdash. And the idea was that the sins were put on top of the Sar Mishra and sent away and it's thrown over the mountain. But So it was completely separated from the Jewish people and it's killed and it's supposed to remain outside. But by the Paraduma we find that when they had to be, the paraduma, the service of the Paraduma had to be across from the Oyal across from the, uh, the Beis HaMikdash, and they need to sprinkle the blood Towards the base of Mi'gdash. So on one hand we're saying it had to be outside, so it's not a Korban. But on the other hand, we're saying it has to be facing the base of Mi'gdash. It has to be pnei Hashem, so it's very contradictory. But anyway, that's not what our Sikh is gonna be focused on. That's Alderhabshad. Our Sikh is gonna be focusing on this first idea that it's it's to bring Tahara, that it's able to even bring Tahara to Tmei Mes, which that does not make sense logically, as we'll see later. Sif base. So Tzach Tzahlahavan is diver Medvish. That Shigam He says, so according to this, we need to understand what the Medrash says that Hashem tells Mayisha, I'm, re- re- I'm going to reveal to you the reasoning of the Paraduma. So that's that makes it very clear that the Paraduma does have a reason because if Hashem's revealing the reasoning to Mayisha, obviously there is a reason. So question number one is Why wasn't Sholem able to understand it? Regarding him it says he was wiser than every man He was even wiser than, than Meish Rebeinu So why wasn't he able to understand the Parduma? And Bez Why did Meish Rebeinu reveal the reasoning Of the Parduma to the Jewish people? If Hashem told him the reason He should have told it to the Jewish people and we find this idea actually in the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu the and The deeper analysis of the Torah was given specifically to Moshe Rabbeinu. And nonetheless, even though Hashem did not command him that I'm giving this to you, I'm telling you the populum in order that you give it over to the Jewish people, Hashem did not tell him, it was a gift to Moshe, but nonetheless, once it was given to him, he was not batayif sa'ayin, he was generous and he gave it over to the Jewish people. So if Hashem would have given him the reasoning of the Paraduma, then, then he would have revealed to the Jewish people, just like he revealed to populum. But why do we find that he did not reveal the reasoning of the Paraduma? So the Rabbi answers, we must say, we must say that the reason why Moshe did not tell them the reasoning was not because Moshe didn't want to tell them the reasoning, or because Hashem, he didn't tell it, because Hashem never commanded me to give over the reasoning. Because as we just said, even though if Hashem wouldn't have commanded him to give over the reasoning of the Parduma, he would have done it anyways, just like he gave over the reasoning of the de Raisa. So what would be the reason why it was not revealed? must be that the parduma is not is not able to be explained uh with human rationale. So uh, it says that didn't have any reasoning, uh, at least a human intellect would be able to understand. So even if Moesha Rabbeinu would have revealed the reasoning to the Jewish people, they would not have been able to understand it and accept what he's saying. It's, 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 it'd be like telling them something which is not, cannot be fathomed and understood by human sechel. You know, for, for example, there's a... It says, like, like imagine you had an elephant and you, you have to put the elephant through the eye of the needle, but the elephant cannot get smaller... And the eye of the needle cannot get bigger. So imagine you're putting, you're putting the elephant through the eye of the needle, but the needle stays the same size, but also the elephant is staying the same size, so it doesn't get smaller to be able to squeeze through. It's something you can't even fathom, like how would you even picture that? The human mind cannot picture that. Therefore, even if Moshe Rabbeinu would have said it, we wouldn't have been able to understand And this is actually what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, that it's a chaik, it's a decree, and uh, no creature can fathom my decrees. And therefore, Shleim HaMelech, with his great wisdom, was not able to understand the reason of the Paraduma. It's distant from me. And even Maishar Beinu, who was the most perfect human being, was not able to understand it with his own powers. Because it's not in the same gather as a human intellect. So it's not, since it's above intellect, you can't use intellect to understand it. It's only that Hashem is omnip- uh, omnipotent. He's able to do anything. He doesn't have any limitations. Therefore, with his power and his capabilities, he's able to reveal this to Meishabe. To you, I'm going to reveal the reasoning of the power. Even though that a created being on his own would not be able to reach this level. But Hashem is able to do anything and he can make him uh, understand that too. Going back to our example, a human being can never understand how an elephant can go through the eye of the needle with none of them changing size. But if Hashem gave you that capability to imagine that, then you would have that capability. So same thing here. A human being can have the capability to grasp the Tampara Duma. But if Hashem gives you the capability, then you'll have it. Abu Lufiza, O'ilaha but according to this, we need to understand, Moshe was, was, uh, was not able to understand the paraduma from his own capabilities. It was that Hashem revealed it to him. So, so with that same capability that Hashem revealed to Moshe, why didn't it also reveal to all the Jewish people? So the question is, if it's supposed to be a Chaik, and no one's supposed to understand it, then don't reveal it to anybody. You're saying it's a chayk, and it cannot be understood. So then nobody should have understand, uh, understood it. But then we're saying that Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu the capability to understand it. So why did he only give Moshe Rabbeinu the capability? He should have given it to everybody the capability. So Gimah Habir this is the pshat. This is the reason we're first going to discuss uh, why Hashem did not give that capability to everybody else. And then we're going to discuss regarding Moshe, why he did get it. He says, "You do appear as the Mashe Namar Zoyschukas a Tyra, but not Zoyschukas a Passach, because of that much closer Zoyschukas So let me just give a quick introduction to understand this. What we're going to say in a moment. This is an important idea. In the Tyra. There's, we, we find headings before groups of halacha. For example, it says, when it discusses the laws of the ayla offering, it says, this, this is the tayras of the ayla, this is the, in a sense, the teachings, the group of laws of the ayla. And then we'll tell all, all the details. We also find another word that's used, which is, for example, which these are the laws of how to make the carbon Pasach. So tayras and Chukas are both similar in the sense that they're used to introduce a set of laws that are going to be brought in a moment. Usually, only one of these words are brought, and it's always brought with a, mo- a modifier. For example, Zois chukas Pasach. These are the laws, not of everything, but specifically of the Pasach. Zois, uh, these are the laws of the Oila. Very specific. Um, there are differences, obviously, when the Torah uses uh, the word Torah, or it uses the word Chukka. We're not going to go into the, uh, halacha, uh, the what the Gemara tells us about the reasonings of why each one is used, because that's not so relevant for right now. But in our our parasha, we find that both of the both of these words are used. So this is what happens here. It says Zois Chukas Hatira. This is the set of laws, and what's the modifier? The modifier is the taira. These are the law of the Torah. The Torah is not being, the word chukas is being modified by the word Torah. Torah is not being modified. So basically we're saying that this next group of laws is the group of laws of the Torah. Not just of one particular mitzvah, but of the entire Torah. But then what happens? It tells us only the laws of the paraduma. So it doesn't really make sense. If it's of the entire Torah, why is it only telling us the laws of the paraduma? So if you have a very literal reading of what's the Chumash is saying, the Chumash is basically saying that the Paraduma is the entire Taira. It says, right, the heading is, these are the laws of the Taira. And what are the laws of the entire Taira? Just the laws of Paraduma. So really, the Paraduma is the entire Taira, which is something hard to understand. So, so of course, the Mephorshim Rashi, for example, has this question. How could we say that these are the laws of the Torah and only tells us one thing, which implies that the Torah is the Paraduma? Zois Chukas Hatayra would really be saying and it, then another word for Torah would be the Paraduma because it only tells us the laws of the Paraduma. So therefore, Rashi tells us, he, he kind of explains the word Chukas over here differently than usual. As we said, Chukas always means these are the laws of the next word. So over here, Rashi tells us that zois Chukas means this is the quintessential Chayk of the Torah, meaning is that the Goyim, in a sense, make fun of, and don't underst- make fun of this law. The Torah is telling us, Hashem this is telling him, this is the way the mitzvah is supposed to be done. This is the Chayk of the Torah. So use this Chukas, in a sense, is not as this is the set of laws, but he's telling us as the introduction, this is a Chayk, of the Torah, this is the quintessential law, which we cannot understand, of the Torah. And then he tells us all the details of it. But that's how Rashi understands it. But in Hasidus, it actually reads it literal. When it says, ha- ha- it says, this is the set of laws of the Torah. And what is the Torah? Well, to keep on reading, the Paraduma. So the Paraduma is the Torah. So, so the question remains, how could the Paraduma be the Torah? So what Hasidus explains is, because the paroduma is really the essence of the entire Torah. Because what is the Torah? The Torah is Hashem's, uh, Hashem's, will, which, uh, Hashem's will, which He commands us to do. Paraduma is Hashem's will. That's where you see Hashem's will uh, revealed. Meaning as by all the other mitzvahs, there's a, some type of reasoning behind it. So it's somewhat hidden, the, the will and the desire of Hashem, because there's logical reasons why you're doing these types of mitzvahs. But the quintessential, the essence of the Torah is not the reasonings which are in it, but rather this is God's will. So So we're saying this is the quintessential law of the Torah. It's really saying is because Paraduma, and tells you about what the Paraduma is, because Paraduma is the Torah, because it's the essence of what the Torah is, which is that it's Hashem's will. Let's read it inside. It's known uh, the question. It says And it doesn't say It's only giving you the set of laws about the Paraduma. And that's usually how the Tirah would say. Like Zaychuksa tells you the set of laws of the Pasach. So the reasoning is Shemitsis Paraduma, he had tirah The reasoning is mitzvah's paraduma is the Torah. It is the um it is the klal. It is the central point of the entire Torah. So also what's important, just to add one more point, since the chukah is the Torah, that means is that all the other mitzvahs are really just details of the paraduma. Just like if I say the word Torah, and I, you want to know details, I'm going to say, oh, within the Torah, there's 613 mitzvahs within the Torah. So when I say par- Torah and paraduma, as, as I'm saying, is the same thing, so, if I say there's a, this is the tar, these are the chukim of the paraduma, what I'm really saying is that there's 613 mitzvahs within the paraduma, and the reasoning is how how could there be 613 mitzvahs within the paraduma? Is because they're pratim; they're the details of the para, Just like the six thirteen are details of taira, so similarly the six thirteen mitzvahs are details in the paraduma. Why? Because paraduma. Is again fulfilling the Torah lemalam and Recognize that it's God will, and the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs are all that same point. Doing the commands of Hashem. He says since this idea is expressed by using the word chukka, it's understood. That meaning is the word chukka is explaining how the duma is the klal sataira, and that's mitzvah the union of the chayk shabah. And the, the, the Pasek's stressing to us that the concept of Chayk, which is in the Paraduma, that is the Nakuda HaKlalas, the central point of the entire Taira. So when it says, it's really telling us that how is the Paraduma the uh, Taira? It's because of the aspect of the Chayk, which is behind it. So when the Pareduma tair- continues on with all the, uh, the Halachas, really those halachas of the choik is something which is uh, the essence of the entire Torah. So he says, This concept is both in regards to the mitzvah and also regarding Torah, meaning as the learning of Torah. Kvarnis Baer, rabbeis. He has already explained many times that the essence of all the mitzvahs, even those mitzvahs that come from the category of edus, which are testimonies, like for example Shabbos, which testifies that Hashem created the world in seven days, or six days in the seventh day He rests, or mishpat, and those are with civil laws which have reasoning for it, they are in essence really the will of God, which is higher than rationale. But Hashem wanted that the his will should be enclosed within, meaning as he wanted us not just to, to fulfill the mitzvahs, because they are his will, but also that even our intellect and our emotions in a sense, could also um, have an appreciation for the Torah. So, of course, the essence of every mitzvah is this is the will of God, but Hashem wants the Torah mitzvah, in a sense, to pervade every aspect of us. So, therefore, the Ratzon Elyon, Comes within the in chachma and reasoning, so in a sense, is able to affect us even in a premistic way. But even after it's enclosed within intellectual reasoning, the Ratsana HaElion Hashem's will remains in its true essence, which is higher uh, than Hasaga. Meaning is that there are certain things which are higher than we can understand. So even if we give some type of reasoning for it. But essentially, the real reason is, uh, like for example, a person says, um, the, we have the desire to live. Desire to live is not an intellectual um, reason. Oh, I want to live. Why do you want to live? That's, that's the nature that Hashem put, put within us, that all of us have a desire to live. Sometimes you can ask a person, why do you want to live? I want to live because I want to take care of my kids. I can't leave my kids alone. So even if you give that reason that it's because of your kids, that could be a good reason. Maybe that gives you more encouragement. But essentially, the essential reasoning why we want to live is not just to take care of our kids. It's because that's the nature that Hashem uh, put in us. So same thing with the mitzvahs. We should say that the same thing is also regarding learning Taira. Um, as it actually says, it says, which means, as Rashi explains, means that you have to be a male in the tair, You need a toil in Taira. So, and we learned to see um, not too long ago, that within Tyra itself, why does it use an expression of that melis in Torah is called a chayk, is because a person needs to work so hard in Tyra, even to such a level that it doesn't even make sense that's so how hard he's working. He says, even things that a person understands in the Tyra, in essence and in truth, they're really higher than his understanding. She says, In the Torah, a person understands, he needs to know that, in essence, the Torah is really the will of Hashem. And just like we're unable to understand Hashem, we're not able to understand uh, also the Chachma of Hashem. Because we know that the Chachma Uh, And Hashem are completely unified. That Hashem and His His attributes are completely one and unified. So we can't understand either, uh, just like we can't understand Hashem, we can't understand what His attributes are. So we do try to understand the Torah as much as we can, but essentially we have to come to the recognition that this is something which is really beyond us. So Yediyazu, this knowledge, is actually relevant every single year in his Avaidah, both in learning Taira and the fulfillment of mitzvahs. He says, He says, all The fulfillment of all the mitzvahs, even those that have a reason, need to be fulfilled with Kabbalah all. Meaning, the reason why I do the mitzvah, it's because God commanded that Hashem made a dec- I made a decree, I made a law. And this is actually the musakh of every bracha. A purpose of a bracha in it is to prepare us for the mitzvah that we're going to do in a moment. So by thinking about the words that we're saying in that bracha, that actually prepares us for the mitzvah. And every single bracha that we have, we have the same word "bitzivanu," and he commanded us. Meaning is because the essence of every single mitzvah always needs to be, it's because it's God's command. gam says, and this idea is also when learning tairani, in learning Thayrani, even a greater way. He says, Torah is, is infinite. Therefore, the more you understand, there's always going to be more areas entirely that you're lacking in its understanding. Therefore, since Torah is infinite, however much you work to understand, you, know, you need to continue to work to understand an even higher level of a saga. And what happens is, the union of a chayk will be constantly, will be on higher topics. Meaning is, if you're able to understand A, then point B in the Torah is a chayk for you. But once you understand point B, then point C is a chayk for you. If you understand point C, then point D is a chayk for you. The more you understand... And you could understand your Seichel, the reasoning, like by Shleima Melech, right? Like by a regular person, there's many ch- Chukim in the Torah. Shleima Melech worked and worked and worked to understand, and certain things became to him not Chukim. But once he got those aspects of what we might not be able to understand and you know, became as a regular, in a sense, a mitzvah with a reasoning, there are more details in those mitzvahs, and definitely in the Parduma, that even he realized that it was above him. So, however ever high you reach in your understanding, there's always higher levels within the Torah until you arrive at the, um, the, uh, the, the true union of Chaik in the Torah, which is higher than Seicha, which as we know, that's the union of, of Paraduma. And, and, and as we're saying, really, that's not just the Paraduma, it's really every single mitzvah, and every single point in the Torah is really higher than HaSag. It's just that the Paraduma, that's in a revealed way. But really, every aspect of the Torah is really a Chaik. That's why the par- Torah says this, is the Chaik of the Torah. Even though uh, in the Torah, there are many in Yanim that did become enclosed within our reasoning. He says, nonetheless, he says, the essence of every single aspect of the Torah, is really that it's higher than our saga? The tyra, with all of its mitzvahs, is really a chayk. Yerseir mizu paraduma. He says even more than that. It's not just that they're just a level of chayk, but they're all on the level of a chayk, just like paraduma. Parodum- As we say specifically about the paraduma, that this is the chayk of the of 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 the tyra, which is higher in gansen from any level of chachma basaga. So. This, and what the Rebbe is really doing over here is he's connecting the Pirish of Chassidus with the Pshuta Shemikra. How Rashi explains it. Rashi, as we said, said means this. The Paraduma, this is the Chaik, of the ta- uh, this is the Chaik, and he had of the Tyra. While as we know, Chassidus says These are the laws of the entire Tyra because the Paraduma really is the Tyra. So what the Rebbe is doing over here, he's connecting both of them together very beautifully. He's saying that all the mitzvahs of course, are part of Tyra. The 613 mitzvahs are all part of Taira. Zoyzuchukasotaira. These are the chayk of the Tyra, meaning as all the 613 mitzvahs have these aspects of chayk, which cannot be understood. But at the same time, we're still going to keep the word Zoyzuchukasotaira, like Pshut shemikra. that means this specifically, the laws that we're going to mention in the next uh, in the next of the paraduma, that specifically is the paraduma, uh, is is the chayk of the Torah, because paraduma is, is the most quintessential, in the most revealed way, higher than any type of uh, hasaga. So, saying zeis luchak we're saying this, the paraduma, is the essence of, of the entire six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. That all six hundred thirteen mitzvahs are just like the paraduma, which is in ganzon uh, higher from seichel. Okay. Now we can understand that there needed to be at least one idea in the Torah that remained as a chayik. And through leaving one idea in the Torah as a chayik, that reveals and, and teaches us about all the other aspects of the Torah, that in truth they are also a Chaik. This is the reason why Hashem did not reveal the paradumah. The reason the paradumah to the Israel is because they needed to know um, that the essence of the entire t- Torah is really like the Paraduma, Because if all the uh, different ideas in the Torah were enclosed clothed within the uh, uh, intellective, uh, of cre- c- created beings, He says, in addition to problem number one, that there be a lack in our own feeling. We need to know that the Kima Mitzvah is only because Hashem wants it, so if there's always a reasoning, we're going to lack in that feeling because part of the reason, or the, the reason why we're really doing it is because we understand it. Right? If we have everything that we ever did in the Torah was something that we can understand, then why are we doing it? Because it's understood. That's problem one. But he says in addition to that, he says if a situation happened that in that would require mitsirus nafesh, a person would not be able to um, would not be able to conduct himself in that way. Because, because everything the Torah is always al And also the way that you're conducting yourself constantly according to the Torah is always with a logical reason. I mean, means all 613 mitzvahs were all logical. That means your entire life and every mitzvah that you're doing, it's always logical. So that means al you're supposed to act in a logical way only. So, A, you'll never have Messir's Nefesh. And he says this thing is also relevant in many details in Kim ke- tam- tam- Tire Mitzvah, not only when you need Sirius Nefesh, you need to give up your life for Tire but even on a daily basis when you need, in a sense, push yourself to do more than what's required. You know, instead of learning just 100 times, you're learning 101 times, you're going more than the Regulus, more than what you're accustomed to. A person would not be able to do that. He would only be able to do what makes sense according to his Seichal. And he explains more. <speaking in Hebrew> because a Bar Seichel, someone who has a mind, when he's demanded to do something which doesn't make sense, that is an Inyan of Messirous So when you need to do something which doesn't make sense, that's Messirous Nefesh. So by the Torah having something which is Messirous Nefesh within it, and the only reason you're doing it is because it doesn't make sense, or even though it doesn't make sense, I should say, that teaches you to conduct yourself in that way. But if everything always made sense, then you never have uh, an init masiris nefesh. You never be in a situation where you're not following your seichel. And what's the uh, ad? The rabbi goes to an extreme over here. Until such a situation, like at the end, end, of, end of end, from one level to the next, you can eventually come to what the Rambam calls someone who's uh, despicable in the, with, with permission of the Torah. Novel is someone who's disgusting. You're disgusting and you act disgusting, but you have the permission of the Torah. What does that mean? Because since he only recognizes the intellectual aspects of the Torah, but he doesn't know that which is higher than the seichel, meaning as he's missing the spirit of the Torah, he's missing the ruach he's missing Hashem which is in the Torah. He only has the intellect which is in it. Then, then what this person could do is he can find reasons why he's supposed to act in a improper way so this is a very scary situation where a person is using the tar, in a sense just like a law book then it's just like uh, any other law book that you're just really trying to find loopholes and you could even use the law in a sense to do the exact opposite of what the spirit of the law is like the famous that uh, what the Rebbe used to speak about about when a moment of silence in the public schools that in the constitution of america it says that there's a separation of uh, church and state so the spirit of the law was that this tr- the state cannot get involved because we want everybody to be able to have that freedom of religion. So they're not getting involved means that they're giving everybody space and the capability to be able to follow their um, religion. But what, what did it end up being? That you're not allowed to have any religion in, any public, in public schools. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose, the spirit of it was to give people freedom of religion. And now what happened to it? That you literally, you took the words of the constitution you, without the spirit behind it. And you're saying, oh, the constitution says there needs to be a separation. So you can't have it. So in a sense, you're restricting religion in certain places. That wasn't the purpose. So same thing with the Torah. If you're missing the Rukhnis, which is in the Torah, then you could use those same words to unfortunately act in an improper way. Same idea you can find with learning and understanding Taira. In order for a person to reach the level of you, you," it says, if you work hard, you will find, you will succeed in Taira. So the word literally used for working hard and you will succeed is Mutsasa, and you will find. So find means that you're finding something that was lost. Like a Matsya means, like, you found the lost object. Uh, the idea is that if a person works hard, he will be able to understand the ideas in Taira much more than what he um, initially was trying to understand it. Completely higher than his Asaga. So, through working hard, you will reap much more than what you sowed. So, kolzman shi stopik b'hamakasa b'havanasa heragilu b'tyra einz u this. But if he only works on the Torah according to what his usual temperament uh, is used to, then he will never have the sigia, and then he will never have this true mitziyah within within the Torah. So, dafke Basha, b'sha shi yamu b'limel ha'tyra me'evu l'rugilu af ad today hapach tivleis sichlei azay yaviludei matzasim mitzi habab hasachadas l'mayelam sichlei. He says specifically when you work hard in the Torah more than what you're accustomed to, until to such a level that you're going opposite of what your natural seichel will tell you to work, then you will reach Musasa. You'll reach the mitzia which always comes with mehesekadas. When you find something you weren't planning on finding, in a sense it came to you unexpectedly. But just interesting, it says like all great discoveries always came in a sense by accident. But that accident never happened to me or you. It happens to only people who are actually involved in that field. So you work hard and hard in that field, and accidentally you find the big discovery, which is interesting. So on in one hand, you need to have the clean, you need to be working hard, and then all of a sudden you'll have Metziah in that particular field. Uh, and the Rebbe an example, this is also the Maila of Bavli of Yushalmi. Bavli, everything's explained, there's lots of questions and answers, there is a real analysis of every halacha. While Talmud Yushalmi, it, it gives you the halacha with the reason without uh, such a level of analysis as the Bavli. Therefore, it's specifically the Bavli where you have many, many, many chidushedidim because of that great analysis which is there. So you, the Mitzia and Bavli is greater than Yushalmi because of the analysis which is in there. This is only possible when within the Torah there is, in a revealed way, an idea, a mitzvah, which is in Hacher from Seichel. If a person knows this, then he knows... That 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 in the deeper levels of the Torah this is true with everything with the entire meaning it's not just by with the the the, 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 the paraduma but really every in the Torah really beptimius has aspects which are higher than seichel, and the more he understands that the more he's going to work harder and harder and harder, and that makes you think work on Yagata, because you know that ultimately. You need to work to be able to get to the Amas of the Torah. nachas of you need to put your seichel aside, you need to have a certain bitl within your seichel, Because once you know that the Torah is really higher than seichel, then you come to the realization that you're not going to be able to understand or, or reach a hapsak din without Hashem's help. Because if it was only seichel, then okay, the harder I work, or, or if eventually... It, it, I guess just working with the rules of Seichel, eventually I'll come to the conclusion. But when you come to realize that Torah is essentially something which is higher than Seichel, then you understand that you need to have that siyat adeshma, you need Hashem's help, you need to have this level of bitl in order for Hashem to help you to reach those levels of the Torah which is higher than what you're able to understand on your own. Until you are able to reach the level of Torah which is higher, etzim which is higher than any type of sagas. It says the ultimate level of knowledge is to know that, that it's unknown. ach <laughs> that I cannot come to know you. So the ultimate level of a saga is realizing with your own mind that there's things which are above what you cannot understand. And through that knowledge that there's something above that you can't understand, that bitl, in a sense, makes the, that's the kli to be able to draw down upon yourself the iris of Hashem and come up with true discoveries. See, now we need to understand it the other way. We understand why the Bnei Yisrael Hashem did not reveal the paraduma, the reason of the paraduma, But because we need to have at least one place in where it's revealed that the Torah is really higher than Why by Moshe Rabbeinu was he told the reasoning of the Paratuma? comes out that Moshe Rabbeinu could be lacking in the Indian Sir Napesh when it comes to fulfillment of mitzvahs, and be lacking in the shlamis of toiling and learning Torah. It says in general, how could it be possible that Hashem... Would reveal Moshe Rabbeinu, the idea of Parduma, and that would make Mesha lacking such a fundamental idea with entire mitzvah, meaning is there's a fundamental idea with entire mitzvahs to realize that it's the Ratsan of Hashem, that it's higher than Seichel. So besides for this, that you're going to be lacking in your Ms. fish, you're going to be lacking in you know Patera. But there's another aspect is that any mitzvah that you're doing, you're only doing Mitsad Seichel. You're not doing it because uh, with the recognition that this is Hashem's will, it's fitzivana that Hashem commanded us to do that. So if you mahaktim, Isa Shaka Shakashera. So we'll understand this with uh, prefacing a medrash that it says a Moshe Rabbeinu heard about the idea of Tumas mass, uh, Tuma that comes from a dead body. So he asked Hashem, if somebody, if somebody a Kain or anyone becomes tameh through touching a mass, how will he become Tahar? So he didn't answer. Hashem didn't answer him. At that moment, Moshe Rabbeinu's face darkened, meaning he felt ejected. He was dispirited that he didn't get a reply. And even afterwards, uh, because remember, the Indian of Tuma is spoken about in Vayikra. So even much later, when he finally reached the parsha of uh, so, the of the Parsh of Paraduma, and Hashem tells him this is what the Tower will come by. It'll come through the Afar for Sachatas from the Parduma. He still asks Hashem, will this really bring purity? Meaning he's, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't able to understand the Indian of Paraduma. So this is actually what I mentioned earlier that the Rebbe is going to explain in Sivav and Zion that the true Chayk in Parduma has to do with the purity that it causes to someone who became Tummi through touching a mess. It's uh, not that uh, as we discussed at the beginning, sure, that's really the main idea. So you need to understand this magic. Sarch Yeshna chamuris become pratim He says there are other tumays which are actually more strict than tamei meis in many essential details, uh, like the Tuma that comes from a zav. A zav is someone who has uh, some type of uh, emission from his body. He becomes tamei or mitzayra. Someone has suras on him they are actually stricter, their, their tomb is actually worse than a Tmei in certain ways. He says, first point is, we know that a someone who is a Tmei mes is allowed to be within the machna Leviya, the camp of the Levium. Or in modern day, that would mean they're allowed to be on higher bias. But the Zav is not allowed to be in Me Machne or would not be allowed to be in Harabais. And even more than that is the Metzoyer that he's not allowed to even be in Machne Strol. He would have to actually leave the city of Yushalayim, to give an example, any walled city. So we have the Tme Mase, he's allowed to be even on Haraba's, he's allowed to be in the Machne Then we have the Zav that could be in Yushalayim, but not on Harabais, or he's allowed to be in the camp of the Leviyim, but not where the actual Omaid was. And then you have the matzera that need to be outside of Yishlaim, and again in the desert that would be it had to be outside of even the camp of the of the Israel. So that's one aspect. So We see they're more strict. <speaking in Hebrew> and we also find that the zav is stricter because the tuma actually comes from within. It's not something. <speaking in Hebrew> the tuma comes from touching a mess. This is actually the essence of the first talakh, as The more explains that the zav matzera is stricter because the tuma. Leaves it comes from its own it comes from the body it comes from, from internally. Therefore, it's also stricter about um, what camp they need to leave from. So, anyways, the point is that, that these things are stricter than tumas mace in many ways. And furthermore, why was it that Moisher is specifically by tumas Mace? He he was he he was completely. Um, Dejected, and he was, couldn't understand how a person become tired. And even after Hashem told him about the paradumah, he still couldn't understand how a person become tar through the tum- uh, paraduma. What well, about these other tumas, which were even stricter than the uh, than tumas mess, he, that Those he, were, he was able to stand had they can become tar. Especially, he says that these tumas are actually preceded. They're in Chumash Fayikra, talks about the saras. And Moshe Rabbeinu did not have a problem about the purification of the Mitzvah or the, or the purification of the Zav. It's specifically by the Tumas Mas, he he, he can understand the purification process. Why is that? And through understanding that, we'll understand again why Moshe Rabbeinu was able to be told the reasoning of the Parduma. Habir B'zeh, he says, Kol Guf sheish He says, all the other Tumas of the Jewish people is connected with a body, a a, a living body. It's a body which has a neshama. Therefore, even if the body becomes But since it has within a neshama, and this is a very important part, the neshama is a portion of God, literally. And Hashem is a kalyachal. Hashem can do anything. So since we have a neshama within us, we also have the capabilities... Uh, to do things which are completely above Seych, which are completely above nature, even above the nature of Rukhnis. Meaning is even Rukhnis has certain laws. of Rukhnis, Rukhnis has laws too. There's a rules within Seder Eshtal Shas. But since we have a Neshama, we're able to surpass those rules within, uh, within Seder Eshtal Shas. So all the other Tumas, you still have a Neshama within you. So this that you're able to come to her, makes sense because you have a Neshama. an Neshama could do anything. So, So, Therefore, it's understood that the spirit, the spiritual, this, uh, this godly power within the Neshama has it initially always had this capability to have an effect on the Tumah and to eventually, through doing the processes that the Torah says, through the different processes of the Torah that the Torah says, to actually become completely Tara from the Tumah guf um, but Tumasmas comes because the body is dead. it's actually separated from the neshama. The body is only dirt, so when the neshama leaves, the body now remains just a, a dead body with just the, the afar. But that also so, therefore, Moshe said, "How can there be a, t- a tahara from such a tumah over here? The tumah coming from a place that doesn't have a neshama, doesn't have an neshama within it. It's not only that it doesn't have a neshama within it; it's actually much worse than that. It w- once had a neshama within it, and now the neshama left, so it's um it, it disconnected from elokus. Uh, the Orachaim actually gives a mashal on our pasuk from the uh, to this idea. He says it's like." Taking, you can have two buckets. You have a bucket of honey, and then you also have a bucket of uh, dung. He says if you put both of those buckets outside of your house, uh, you wait a few hours, the bucket with the honey will be swarming with all ta- different types of insects, while the bucket of dung will have much less. So he says this is the same idea of, of, of the Yiddish, the Yiddish Shabbati, it The it's like has a sweetness to it because it once had a neshama within it. So when you, t- the, you take it outside, when you take that body, in a sense, outside, you, you don't have the neshama within it, it attracts all types of tumas, all types of klipas to come, to be attached to it. So this is why part, the tumas mass, in a sense, spiritually is even worse than the other ones, even though the other ones come from within the body. But this one, the source of the tumma is much worse. Meaning, Mitzayir and Zav is worse that it, it's because the source comes from within. It's not something external that's having an effect on you. It's you yourself, there's something wrong with you. So, that in a sense is one way it's worse. But we're not really discussing why that's worse today. What we want to understand is why is mess is worse. Because the chayr, tumus mess, is not something that's wrong with you, it's you had a connection to a tumu which was outside of you. So, there I was explaining the problem with the tumus mess is that your connection is to something which is completely separated from Hashem. It, and it's even not just completely separated, it's coming from something which once had a connection to Hashem and then that connection was broken. That's even worse. Right when, as we know, when a yid does an avera, that's much worse than when a guy does an avera, because the yid has had had an neshama and he's cutting that source of the neshama, and you're pulling, uh, you're pulling that, that divine energy into the klepas. So anyway, uh, the point is that was this question: How could, if, if there's a complete disconnect, then that type of tumah? How could you have an effect on that, right? Because even even though you have the neshama, you have a neshama, but it's the tumah in a sense, it's like the perfect shadow of it, it's because it's coming from a place that doesn't have the neshama. He says, He says, Tuma is not like a physical thing. It's not uh, like mud that you just wash off. Rather, it's a spiritual blemish that the Jewish people have in, in their connection to Hashem. It says that when you attach yourself to Hashem, that's when you have life. He says, what's the of Tuma? meaning of Tumah? Meaning there's the halachic aspects of Tumah when you touch certain things or you become tame. But what's the pneumistic idea behind the Tumah? Tumah means that you... Disconnected from Hashem, so when a yid doesn't averichas Hashem, that disconnects him from Hashem. Avukasher al demi saw nichshal rachman es bechet of av in days and at the veikus barachaim. Shal yisrael vinasa tami. He says, but when a yid does the terumitzus, then he's attached. But when he's nichshal rahman son with a chait, then it weakens his life force of that yid, and he becomes tami. And in this, there's many different levels of the greatness of the tuma and how much the connection uh, has become disconnected. The dveikus that you had, how weak is the, the the after you've done the sin? Even he says you have the greatest level of tuma. He says, even if you have the greatest levels of Tumah, but as long as you're still somewhat a connection to Hashem with Torah mitzvahs, then you always have the capability to become Tahar. You're able to strengthen your Dveikas mitzvahs until you become complete again. He's Masha Inkim when you're over on the Ratzna Elyon in such a way that you become completely cut off from your connection to Hashem, from your spiritual life force. Meaning as we know that there's certain a that a person can do that completely cuts them off from Hashem and he's cars. He, he gets a complete cut off from Hashem. He says, this spiritual death, that is the cause of physical death by Yid. And that's what creates Tumasmas. It's explained in Tanya, there's the that by Yid, his life force really comes from his neshama. And um, the Neshama, of course, needs to connect itself to Hashem through Torah Mitzvahs. So as long as you're, um, you're fulfilling the Torah Mitzvahs, then your connection to Hashem remains strong. And if you do an Avera, you, uh, you can cut, cut one of those 613 strands that connect you to Hashem. But when a person does certain avers, so for example, a Dazar, or really any Avera, which is of Karas, you completely cut your rope. You cut the connection between you and Hashem. And by cutting that connection, that's what causes spiritually the union of Tumas Mas. Tumas Mas means that the Neshama have uh, been separated. So what we're trying to say over here is that how does a person become a Tmei mes, in a sense? How does he touch a, a dead body? How does he become Tmei mes? That means spiritually... It's not just you touch the dead body, but it also means spiritually you become a tmei mase. When you touch a dead t- body, you become the tmei mase. You become a that that type of tuma. So that means that you have a complete separation from, from Hashem. He says that's what Meisha Rabbeinu's question was: How can you have a tar from tmei Mace? from a tumah that comes from a dead body. The neshama, he says, is always Ba'amana, is always faithful to God. So the tumah comes from the dead body. So when you did, a person does something wrong and he becomes completely cut off from Hashem, how can such a person uh, reconnect to Hashem? Or in, in, in this terms, when a person becomes this tmei and he becomes completely, in a sense, separated, he can't have this veikus to Hashem anymore, how can he again become connected? um you know some there 's a muscle that 's bratara of a you know a person can be sick, so you take different medicines that can make you uh, can heal you, but a person gets his head chopped off, how do you put the head back on the head 's chopped off you can 't make that person live again so that 's Rabbeinu's question to me is like the head's chopped off it 's done it 's over there 's no more life force, even baruchnia so how can you put it back on again but you could. This is what Hashem tells you. This is the chayk of the Torah. This is some. This is the koyach of the Torah. Meaning is this is the aspect of the Torah which is higher than human rationale, higher than intellect. Even the body becomes separated from the neshama. It's separated from the Torah mitzvahs. He says, but when the neshama was in the body. And when the Neshama was in the body, you learn Torah and you fulfill mitzis. Therefore, Yesh Bechaylus HaNeshama Beyesin Nitzchis, Chaylok Lakama Ma'amamish Bechaychah Tayra Shi Nitzch Lifal Beguf, Roshim Nitzchi, the at neshama Bat Tayra. He says, amazing idea. He says, since when the Neshama was in the body, you learn Tayra Mitzvah, therefore the Neshama, since it's eternal, and remember, it's a Chaylok Lakama mamish. it's in a sense has an infinite power within it, it has with the Chaychah taira. Um, which is also is to have an effect on the body, a, a eternal roishim, an eternal effect of the kedushas Sana and, and Meaning is that even after this is the problem. On one hand, we're saying that when you do the sevara, the neshama is cut off. There's no connection. You no no you know no strings attached. It's done. It's over. It's finished. finito. So therefore, that's like the head's chopped off. But the other hand, we're saying that the power of the neshama is that when a person learns tayra Mitzvah, it makes a connection even when the connection is cut off. Again, so this is this is why it's a hike because you can't understand that. We're saying the neshama is cut off completely. There's no connection. On the other hand, we're saying that even when there's no connection, there's still a connection. It, that's the paradox. That's the chayik. Uh, he says that, reishim remains even afterwards. Even when the neshama and the body separate, it's still there. And therefore, um, Therefore, through the process of Tahr, through the Paraduma and everything, the the, the body is able to become Tahr once again. We're going to skip the parentheses just for a moment. This is the idea of the Chayk, which is higher than reasoning. He says, according to the laws of created beings... One thing can affect a second thing unless there's a bond, there's some type of connection between them. But not when they're, they're when, they, then when the sheichas and the connection gets separated, and even more than that, when they become opposites. Therefore, this capability is only mitzad the of the creator who's higher than limitations and boundaries. To give an example if you start speaking to a rock, a sugya in the Gemara, or a union however much you're going to try to explain it, and however many mashalim you're going to give, you're not able to explain it to the rock. Because right? it's the world of intellect and the world of the rock are two separate worlds. So, but even but those two things are, in a sense, physical. Your intellect is, 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 in, is, is about this physical world. The rock is in this physical world. There's still a connection between your rock and your seichel because they're both within the same world of Olam Hazah. An asma is is it's, it's, it's a much greater divide between like the body is basically dirt. and Ashhamma is, is even greater than seichel. So how can you have then an Ashhamma, which is basically a part of God connecting itself to a body? How could something physical have a connection to Ruthniu? It's, again, it's, like, the greatest ruchness we have in this physical world is intellect. Intellect cannot penetrate a rock. So how could it be that we're talking about real spirituality from the higher oylem, the higher realms in the shama can have an effect on the body? We don't understand that. Take it a step further. That's just a body which doesn't have any sins. Imagine if the body also has a virus and sins, meaning is that contradiction goes against the union of Torah Mitzvah, then for sure it should not be able to have a neshama have an effect on it. But nonetheless, we're saying the koyach, this is the khaik, this is the power of the neshama. The neshama at the end of the day is a chilek ala kama ma'amash, and therefore it has the power within it, that when it learns Torah mitzvahs in that body, then it's able to have an effect on the body, even though it doesn't have a connection to it anymore. Because remember, the connection itself never made sense. It didn't have a connection which was uh, which was logical. It was a connection which never should have been. So as soon as that connection is done, um, it's, it's, uh, the bond is broken. But nonetheless, that's what the power that Hashem gives the Neshama, that it's able to have that effect on the body, uh, even though intellectually wouldn't it make sense. Um, and let's go back to the parentheses. He says, This is one of the reasons, while well, there's a famous chazal that says, Siddiquim do not if you touch a body of a tzaddik, the body does not give off any tumas mess. Right? Usually, when you touch a dead body, you become tumas mess. When you t- touch a, tzaddik, a, body, uh, a, a body of a tzaddik, it is not metameh. Uh, this is not halachic. This is a madrish. and the Rebbe like give you the sources at the bottom, R55. He goes into halachically. Halachically, of course, you can't touch any. A koyin is not allowed to touch any tumas mess. And he brings it from the Altar Rebbe that the Altar Rebbe had an oil. Um, around it, so even Koenim would be able to stay at a safe distance from the actual cover, and obviously, you know, the Chassidim knew that the altar was a complete tzaddik, but what's the idea behind this, that a tzaddik does not have any tzaddikah? He says, because the actual identity of the body of a is the neshama. He says, because the life of the tzaddikah is not physical life, but it's a life, a spiritual life of a munah, and avah and that is the energy and the identity of the body. Therefore, it's understood that even when the Shama leaves the body, there remains an eternal effect on the body. Because as we explain, the reasoning why Tumas Mas comes is because there's a disconnect between the body and the Shama. And that only happens, the disconnect only happens because the person does some type of a, of a vera. Uh, that causes a disconnect, and therefore there's a place for the tumma mass, that tumas to come into. But by a tzaddik, he never did anything wrong. He, he's a he's a complete tzaddik. So there, and he did all the tayor That means every single aspect of him was purified and connected to the tayor Therefore, even when a tzaddik dies every part of his body is still connected to the Torah Mitzvah and it's connected to the Neshama, therefore it doesn't give off any tumor because the connection still remains. Masha Ink by a regular person when it, that when he dies, there are parts of you that wasn't refined and therefore the tumor could still come within the person. Okay. Tzivtas. move in now we can understand why Meishah Rabbeinu was revealed the reasoning of the Paraduma, and this did not cause a lack in his Avadis Hashem, and a lack in his Bitl and his Meishah Nafish. On the contrary, it helped him out, as we're going to explain. He says, Meishah Rabbeinu was on the level of Chachma, and um, the level of the Bitl of Chachma the ain't is able to dwell within it. Um, just a, a quick explanation over here is that in order for us to be able to, um, in a sense, have a relationship, let's say to any, really, let's say start with any other person, one person to another, two people, there needs to be a level of bitl. Because if all I think about is myself, I can never understand anybody else because everything has to be, it's all about me. And even when you do care about the other person, the, if you don't have a high level of bittal, then whatever the other person's telling you, you really only understand it through your self-projection. Like, this is how I understand it. You're projecting your own views and your own ideas and what the other person's telling you. To understand what the other person is really telling you, you need to put your own views and your own self-projection aside and receive what the other person's saying with a bittal. Meaning is, you need to let the other person talk to you and then you go into his world. If you're in your own world and you're trying to accept what he's saying, then you're really just being you're, you're translating his words in a way that makes sense to you according to your worldview. To understand someone else's worldview, you need to put all your own ideas to the side and accept what the other individual is saying. So that's by two people. So Kolshken, when we're talking about Hashem, Hashem is infinite. If we have our own views and our own ideas, and we don't have that pitul, of course we're not be able to receive the Ain Sof, which is completely blegvo. So, if therefore, he says that Ain Tseif is able to be shayur on chachma. What's chachma? Chachma Ain The Indian of chachma is bittel. Um, true wisdom only comes through a person that's completely bittel. Because if you're not bottle, what you're really doing is you already ha- new. Let's say, for example, a new idea can only come through someone who's chachma. Put it that way. If you have an old idea, then you're able to take old ideas and you're able to use your bina to add details, add width, breath, Try to use that same idea many different ways. That you can do. But as someone who wants to come up with a completely new idea, then he has to put himself to the side. So it's not based on everything else that I learned. This is I'm trying to learn something new that I never even thought about before. That comes from Chachma. The ability to come up with new ideas, that is a level of Chachma. That's the level of intuition. And that's Bittl that you're completely putting yourself to the side. Most people do not have that level of Chachma in a very strong way. Most people have bina, meaning is they've learned many things as a kid, teenager, growing up, they have experiences, and they based all their future decisions really based on that experience. Chachma means Bitl. Anyway, so in, when we're talking about the world of Etzillas, we're talking about in Ruchnias, Chachma is the only, that's where our En Saif is able to be shair because Chachma has that Bitl, so therefore the ein Saif is not being changed. The ein Saif is able to come with, into Chachma as it truly is while by all the other spheres, if it would begin with them, it would have to, in a sense, change. It wouldn't be the truly Ain't Saif anymore. It would change according to the projection of those particular spheres. The whole idea of Chachmah is that it receives the concept or the idea as is. So the Orang Saif is able to come into Chachmah as is. He says the, the infinite one. He is the true, He is the true one. He is the only one and there's no others that is the medrega of chachma right so the idea of chachma is that it's able to recognize that there's nothing else besides for hashem right if there's me and hashem that's not chachma chachma is that there is only one there is only hashem you And we're, um, we're going to say this even in a deeper way more than this uh, uh, kabbalah tells us that the primis atik Abab, sorry who Pnimius atik mamish that the Pneumius of Abba Abba Chachma, he says, the essential um, essence of Chachma is the pneus of Atik. Atik is the highest level within the stalshlus. We know we have the ten spheres, so and we have kasser Within Kasar you have the Chetzaynias, which is called Arach, and you have the pneus of um, kasser which is called Atik. So Atik is the we mean separated. It's the it's it's the essence of Hashem, how he's found within Ishtalsus. And within Attic itself, we're talking about the panemius Atik Mamish. The idea is, the more panemius something is, the more connected to the essence it is. Chatzonius means it's more uh, for someone outside of you. Right? For, like, for example, you have a cup. Uh, a cup. So a cup has an, uh, a handle, has the outside of it where you hold it, and then it has the inside where you put the liquid. So what's the purpose of a cup? It's to hold, let's say, liquid. The outside of the cup is really for, for you to be able to hold on to the cup so you can enjoy the liquid. So the outside is meant for you. It's meant for someone who's on the outside. While the inside of the cup is meant for the, main, the purpose of the cup itself, which is to hold the liquid. So same thing really also with Osun also Ruchnias. The more panemius something is, that connects to the true purpose of, uh, of that, uh, of that uh, item. So we're talking about panemius atik. Pneemius atik means the true essence of, of Hashem. Uh, the more chatsunis you go, then it's how Hashem's connecting to someone else. The more you're trying to connect to someone else, it's less you. Um, like a less very, you know. There's let's say a person's emotions, and then there's how a person thinks about his emotions. So already that how you're thinking about it, you're not able to explain your emotions even in your own mind to the perfect ability. Then there's how you give it over to you tell someone about it, which that for sure is being completely um, perverted by how the person receives what you're trying to say, the further it is, it's less connected to you and more connected to the other person or the other entity. So we're saying the Pneumius of Abba, the essence of what Chachma is, as we said, is a complete bittle. And therefore, it's able to connect to the Pneumius Atit, which is the Pneumius of Hashem, um, in a sense, how he is even higher than he's connected to the world. Because from Pneumius Atit, is the essence of Hashem. And as it goes down through Ashtal, Hashem becomes more and more uh, in a sense, hidden, the essence of Hashem is becoming hidden, and what becomes more revealed is how Hashem is connecting uh, to us, according to how we are. One of the explanations is like this. He says, when we talk about drawing down levels of ruchnis from a higher level to a lower one, that usually works in the way of mashpia, who is the giver, and the is the one who receives and since this way comes in a way of, of Yurida, it's going downwards, it's a flow of energy going downwards, so it's only a ray of light. This is, for example, like the hashpah, like the, uh, 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 the the Rav who gives his Talmud an intellectual idea. Right, So the Rav is not giving, in a sense, his his own brain and giving it over to the student. What he's doing is he's giving over one of his ideas over to the Talmud. And therefore, uh, therefore, the Talmud is not becoming the Rav. The Talmud is able to understand one idea of what the Rav gave him. Okay, uh, you know, the, the the other mashu will be like a father and a child, right? A father is not giving to the child an idea. The child, the father creates the child, right? The the the, the child that's being born is really made up of his of his parents, the actual DNA. He gets everything. He gets the essence of his parents, not just one. Uh, idea. So, mash he, says, when we're talking about penimis Attic, abba is penimis attic which is the essence, Atmos ain't safe. we're talking about the essence of Hashem, it's not in a way of kabbal, that one aspect of Hashem is being revealed to us. Rather, the Pneumus Atik is, in its essence, Pneumus Atik. That's why it's also explained in the that the child comes from the Chachma of his father. When it says it comes from the Chachma of his father, it's because the Chachma of the father really connects to the essence of who he is, the essence of, his, of the father's neshama, the essence of his being, and, therefore, and that's what really what's being given over to the kid. So same thing over here, the Pneumius of Abba connects to the Is, within it, is the Pneumius of Atik, is the Pneumius of Hashem. And therefore, the more Bittal you have, the more one you're becoming with Hashem. Now we can understand why Hashem tells Meisha to you all to reveal Tampara. Only to Meisha Rebeinu that it was real to him, the Pneumus Abba, which is the Pneumus of Hashem's Ratzan, the idea of the Chayk, because that was the level of Maisha. that he was the level of Ch- Ch- uh, he was the level Chachma, and therefore he was able to be revealed the essence of Hashem's Medrega. The Pneumus of Meisha was the Pneumus of Hashem. That's why we know, um, we know that Meishah Rabbeinu asked he wanted to see Hashem's pnimius, show, show me who you are, and Hashem tells him that he's not able to see it while he's still alive in the world, in this body. But we know at the time that he was passing away, not after he passed away, but at the time of his talmus, Hashem revealed to him the Sharnun, that fiftieth, the fiftieth gate. Um, so how could Moshe Rabbeinu have had the fiftieth gate, even if it was at the time of his talmus? Because essentially, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was. Moshe Rabbeinu was. The shahr, he was the, you know, of Chachmah. Therefore, at the time of his, moment of his passing, that's when he reached the ultimate pinnacle of his medrega, Um And therefore, he was able to have the shahr known at that time. So, so also over here, we're saying by the paraduma, he was able to receive it because he was on that level. That's why he explains, why well, you know, let's say, Moishebein. Of course, we're trying to understand still that, our question still remains, though, that, okay, fine. So he was able to receive that level, that understanding, because he's becoming really one with Hashem, but still, wouldn't that have had an effect on his Shlemus of Tyre mitzvahs? That was not our problem, that a regular Yid doesn't know the reason of of, of the Chukim, therefore he's able to have Masha Nefesh, Mashe'en ben, which he did know. So how are we going to explain that? So that's going to be explained in the Sif Yod. Now we... Also, this also explains why the chukka that was revealed to Misha, it was specifically connected um, to, Pardu, uh, to, to Tumas Mas. He says one when energy is coming down in a way of a giver and a receiver. Therefore, what comes down is only a ray. Therefore, the connection that they have is only at the time that it's being given, but not afterwards, uh, because the receiver remains his own metzias after the mishpia even leaves. Like you have the rab and the Talmud. the rab gives them over something at the time that he's giving. They have a connection, but once they finish the shir and the student leaves, he's not. He, he still has that ha'ara, but he's uh, he still has that ray of that that idea from his teacher even though now he's not connected to the teacher, the teacher left. But that idea was able to separate from the teacher and becomes one with the Talmud, um, as he is a separate individual. But when we're not speaking about a way of the item becoming lower and lower in a way of array. But when I talk about the actual essence of the item is being given over, um, at that point, you cannot say that the pula is only at the time when it was being given. But afterwards, these are two separate beings. He says, when there's a m'sha'chas that item, that being also becomes elokus. Uh, that being also becomes a'atzmas, uh, also becomes a you know, But Derech moshel again with the father and, and, and the son, even after the child is born, he still remains essentially connected to his father, because he has the same DNA as the parents. So there always remains a connection between the father and the child, because he really is uh, in a sense, uh, the father. And of course, that's how it is in Elam Hazah, where, you know, at a certain degree, the father and the child are st- still two separate beings, even though they have a certain unity with each other. Uh, but of course, you know, they're still two separate beings. But so we're talking about a Lakus, where we don't have these physical limitations, it's literally one. So, Mamela moving, Kates and and Matumas Mas. behagoloi Einaguf Kosher, now we can understand how it's possible to have a tower from Tumas Mass. He says, even though in a revealed way, the body is not connected anymore to Elokos of the Neshama and the Torah As we said, the, the Neshama left. Especially, let's say, even uh, when a person does an, uh, also the person does like an Aver which is Chai of Kars, there's no more connection between the body and the Neshama. But we still said the Neshama is able to have an effect. How could that be? He says, the reasoning is, but because by the guf always remains, it itself, remains a mehus to Kedushah. Ha-guf atzmei hu mehus to Kedushah to the Kedushah HaNeshama of Elokos. Because the body itself is in its essence uh, of the Kedushah of the Neshama and of elokus. Ha-lashav b'zman ha-zeh, ain't zeh mir be-galifish. B'zman ha-zeh, from It's just that nowadays this is not revealed, because this ha-mshachah is hidden. Therefore, nowadays this is hidden. This connection um, that we have. Therefore, we have this idea of Tumasmas, and therefore the tower is in a way of khayko, Like We can't understand that the neshama is not there, and still the body is able to come purified. But essentially, he says the neshama is always there. Basically, what we're trying to say, in other words, is that when you have an the neshama is the essence of the body. When Hashem put the neshama within the body, that is the essence of the body. That is its divine uh, life force. So the essence never can become separated. Um, like, for example, let's say you have an idea. So you have this essential idea, and then you have the, all the like the ramifications and all the details of that point. So even if you forget what the essential idea is, all the details are still connected to what that essential idea is, even if you don't remember what it was. Right? Because when something's the essence of something, it always will remain, because everything is just, in a sense, coming from it. I'm trying to think of another example. Maybe we can give an example of a father and a child, that there's always a bond between a father and a child, so even in a situation where there's a fight between the two of them, and they're not even on speaking terms. But the reason why there's so much animosity and anger, that itself comes because of the essential connection that the two of them have. So even at that moment, where it looks like there's no connection, and on the contrary, it seems like there's a Tuma, there's a a very, they're they're opposites. And Mm -hmm. these two individuals are the most unlikely to have a bond. Meaning is, I could connect with, uh, like, Reuven could connect with, like, a total stranger better than he could connect with his father because of the fight that they're having. But in essence, even that, that they're having a fight, is really coming because of that bond that they truly have. So the same thing over here we're saying with Tumas Mas, that, it's, it's th- that you have that opposite, that the, the greatest level of Tumas comes because of your separation from Hashem. But ultimately, the reason why you have that greatest level of Tumas is really because of the bond that you have with Hashem. And therefore, what the Tower does is, the Tower it does is, it's able to reveal that bond that you always have. And, and, and that's the Neshama. The Neshama always has that connection to the body. But when the will be revealed, then at that time it will be revealed that the identity of the body is the neshama, the Gali neshama which is within it. And therefore, the inyan of tumas will not even be around. Because the Tumas only around when there seems to be a disconnect between the Nesham and the Goph. But the Chukas Taras, the the Achat, the Achan, and therefore the purification um, will be revealed to every single individual because we will be able to see that connection that we always have with Hashem. Now we can understand that this that Hashem revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu the tampera was not a cause that chas should be lacking in Moshe's avoda and his bittul and his pesers Tama Tam aparshin is gala. The Moshe iny eino tam sichli. The reasoning of the part that was revealed to Moshe was not an intellectual reasoning, a reason that was enclosed within his seichel. Rather, what happened is, it was revealed within him, within his seichel, the Ratsana elian. Until that's, he became one mitziat with it. Even his seichel became one mitziat with Hashem. So it's not the pshat, that Moeshi Rabbeinu was able to get a reason, like the reasoning of uh, the Paraduma, and he was able, in a sense, to adjust it, understand it, and and get the details, and make it a human intellect. No, the Paraduma never became a human intellect. What happened was, Moshe was able to have such a unity with Hashem that Moshe Rabbeinu Seichel and Moshe Rabbeinu became one with Hashem. So just like Hashem, Hu a Hu Hu yadea, Hashem has a complete unity. Him and His Seichel, there's like this infinite connection, which Seichel itself is higher. The Seichel itself is higher than, than Seichel. It's connected to the Ein Seif. It's connected to Hashem. And of course, we can understand that, how that could be, that Seichel, at the same time, it's being Seichel. It's really higher than Seichel. Um, as we know, if the Ramam writes it's something that we cannot understand. But that also happened to Moshe Rabbeinu, that he became one with Hashem. And therefore, the, what was revealed to him was really the same way how Hashem has the, the, the union of the Paraduma, has the union of the Ratzna Elion. that's also how it was revealed within Moshe, because Moshe was completely bottled to Hashem, therefore that itself, what Hashem has, was revealed within him. Therefore, it's actually the exact opposite. Our question is that Meish would be lacking Masterius nafesh. He says, no. On the contrary, who could you say that could be a lack in Masterius nafesh? That's only if you're a separate entity, and therefore you have to, in a sense give up your soul, give up your entity in order to connect to Hashem or to go against your own mind which understands Torah in one way and you have to, be again, you need to work to say, you know what, there's a deeper level on Seichel and I need to go above my previous understanding. I need to have a bitful to try to understand Torah in a greater way. But Moshe, but Moshe Rabbeinu, Elikus was his identity. His essence was Messer Snafesh, meaning as he was, what was revealed within him was Elikus. Therefore, there was never such a chashash that maybe Moshe Rabbeinu will uh, you will be lacking Mr. Snaf. Mr. Snafish means you're something separate. And you need to con- it's still you gotta work to connect to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu was so connected to Hashem that was his whole mitzvah. It wasn't even possible for him to, to do anything otherwise. Um, it wasn't the meaning is his connection to Hashem wasn't only logical, his connection to Hashem was by being connected to Hashem's essence. This is also the connection of Parshas Chukas to Yubes Yugimotamas, which was the Chag of the Fidu Grebbe. We know that the Fidu Greba was completely um, involved in the Indian of M'sir's Nefesh. And especially he says in his avoid of spreading tire in that country, with the place where he was jailed, that he needed Mr. Snafesh literally on every single Inyan, from the most important inyan, the, the most general aspects until the, the smallest detail for Tyre Mitzis needed Mr. Nafish. Therefore, in the redemption from his imprisonment, you also see this concept that at the same time that it was a nest which is higher than nature, at the same time, the nest was completely enclosed with the nature. Meaning it's just like the Frida um, Karebbe, the while he was in this world, he was able to have a complete maseiros nefesh. How can he have that complete maseiros nefesh? Is it's because he had a complete bittul to Hashem. So as he was, he was united with Hashem, and therefore everything he did was maseiros nefesh. Because usually maseiros nefesh is only important on him. You don't have maseiros nefesh on the great on the smallest detail. You only have maseiros nefesh on the smallest detail if that is your whole identity. There's no the free There was no other identity besides for tire Therefore, even for the smallest details, maseiros nefesh because he wasn't even moys or nefesh. It's Messir's Nefesh for us. When we look at it, it looked like Mr. Nefesh because it would be, we would be sacrificing. But that's who he was. His whole union was to There was no other way in a sense of conducting himself. And that's how it was while he was in this world. Therefore, also, the, his redemption happened in that way that you have this revelation of Atzmos, that Atzmos is the essence of everything. It's the essence of both nature and that which is above nature. Usually, nature and above nature are contradictions. But when are they contradictions? Only when they're on their own. But when you look at the essence, what's the essence of nature? Hashem. What's the essence of a miracle? Also Hashem. So when the essence of Hashem is revealed, then the miracle and something which is nature become also united as one, because you see that truly both of them are really just expressions of Hashem. So the Friedrich Rebbe acted in that way. He was, uh, in a sense, revealing Hashem in this world. So also, uh, the Ness happened in that way. Babir Bezet. In the way that Hashem conducts Himself in this world, there's many, I find Him. He's going to say three over here. The first level is the natural conduct. This is um, an energy which comes from Alakim, which has the same numerical value as nature. Meaning is, it's, and this Madriga of is enclosed within the world, and... From this level of Alakos, the world has a certain place. This is level of Mamalikalam. means that Hashem feels the world as the world is. And every single aspect of the world gets energy which fits according to it. Uh, and um, very important point, there are two points that you should bring out that A, we're saying that even nature comes from God. Right, so it's not the pshat that it's oh it's nature, but really the nature itself is really good. It's just another expression of Hashem, and also two we're saying is that the world has it to be ssmak. Meaning is the way that Hashem is enclosing himself in the world is according to the limitations of the world. Right, so it's in a sense, I'm, um, It's like when I will give uh, when a teacher tells a student an idea, and the student in a sense takes the idea how it's relevant for him. So it's not even the essence of what the idea is, it's how the idea is relevant to the student. So mamalik Kala is Hashem's energy, how it comes into the world, and the world takes it how it's relevant to them. Therefore Hashem could be completely hidden in this world, because again, the ideas are being taken as how they want to receive it. It's all about them. So even Eloquus is taken how it's relevant to them, and that's nature, and therefore Hashem is completely hidden. And he says, a Miraculous... Uh, a conduct that is nullifies nature. This comes from Shemavaya, which is higher than nature. This is a the godly energy which is higher than this world. Therefore its revelation is in a way of bitlatah. Meaning is this is in a way, you know, when the teacher gives an idea and the student just has to accept it. Without the student being able to understand that this is the idea, repeat it back to me right? He had, that, that's the only way you're going to get 100 on the test. It has to be exactly how I'm saying it. So the student doesn't understand it at all. It's a complete shutdown of his uh, emotional, intellectual capabilities. But this is how it has to be. And he has the idea perfectly exactly how the teacher had it. But of course, he doesn't have it. He doesn't understand it at all. That's the idea of the bitl the, the nature can't handle it, but it, it comes into this world and, and destroys the rules of nature. Nisan, then there's then there's miracles which are enclosed with nature and within nature. This is coming from a level of ulkos uh, a much higher level of Elekos. <speaking in Hebrew> this is higher than the name of Elekim and the name of Elekim. Therefore, from this level, you're able to have a revelation of godliness, which is higher than nature, but at the same time, it's able to be enclosed with the nature. Meaning is that the miracle is able to have such an effect that it changes even the identity of the nature, that the nature itself agrees to the nas. Meaning is, this is like, such, like a teacher, in a sense, that he's able to give over the concept to the student, and the student's able to receive it exactly as the teacher gave it over. Right? So it's not that the student, uh, in a sense, um, takes it as, he, as it's relevant to him, or as he understands it. He takes it exactly as the teacher meant it. But at the same time, he completely understands it. Um, so that's the, the ultimate level of a student is that he's able to have a bittle that he's able to receive from the, the teacher and then take that idea and completely incorporate it within his being. Most people when they hear something, either it's completely above them and they just, could, you know, be a parrot backwards, or they take it only how it's relevant to them so they're diluting the actual idea. The ultimate level of student is able to receive the teachings of the teacher as they are and then while he has that essence to incorporate it into his being. And that's of course by an idea, which is as we already mentioned earlier, that's always just a ray of the teacher. And over here we're talking about a much higher level. We're talking about the essence of Hashem. Um, that it becomes that's coming into this world. This is similar to the Niss nice of Purim that it was Nisim, which cloth with a nature that the path pa, the mouth that aserd meaning achashverish was that wanted to kill the Yidin, this is actually a lashon from the Gemara, Pasha asu, Pasha Hitr is that when someone makes something asr, since he's the only source of why it's asr, he could also make it mutter. like a, an aide comes and says, um, you know, this lady's married, but the husband died. So the only reason we think that she wouldn't be able to get remarried to someone else is because he came and told us that she was married. But at the same time, he comes and says, yeah, but he's dead. So Pasha a Pasha there. So, so similarly by Achashfiresh he's the one that made the Gzer on the Eden that they should be killed, and he's also the one that said that they will be saved. Similarly to the Gullah of the Baal Simcha of the Fidikrabah, that those individuals that commanded and made the decree that he should go into jail, they're the ones that actually have, were forced uh, to set him free. This is similar to the idea that the Panemis of Abba is really Panemisatic. When the thing, when this item is being drawn into this world because of a Sirs Nefesh Bepael that the Bala had, and the Rebbe adds, which this was his whole Mitzvah, was. Meaning as a whole Mitsuas was his unity with Hashem, then the miracle does not nullify the nature of the world. That itself becomes the nature of the world, comes the new identity of the world. Shem Zuma but this identity, this Mitssius actually helps for Kedusha. Because as I explained already earlier, when when does a miracle go against Teva, that's only when they seem to be two separate sources, two separate ideas. But when Hashem, the essence of Hashem, becomes revealed, the essence of Hashem is the essence of a miracle, and he's also the essence of nature. Everything is really just an expression of Hashem. So since the Fidu acted in a way of complete mysterious nefesh, a complete connection to Hashem, therefore what was revealed in the world, that the nature itself is really an expression of Hashem. And therefore, the miracle is able to be expressed through the nature itself because of that um, connection. And just to jump back for just a moment to connect this again to the neshama and the body and to that when a person becomes to we said that it shows on a complete disconnect between the shama and the body. But what? where does the body come from? It says the body comes from Shem lakim Where does the neshama come from? It comes from Shem Havaya. So in this world, during our time, it looks like the Neshama and the Shema Lakim Shemavaya, they're two separate powers. Therefore, once the Neshama leaves the body, you can't see the connection between them anymore. On the contrary, they seem very disconnected. But in essence, what's the purpose of why the Neshama is in the body? The reason why the Neshama is in the body is that by the Neshama doing Torah mitzvahs, while it's Neshama, it reveals that even the body really comes from Hashem. It reveals... essence of what the body is, that it's coming from Hashem. So therefore it's really, the union of a Chaik, the chuk of the paraduma. the purpose is really to reveal how the neshama and the body really come from the essence of Hashem and they're truly one. Therefore even when there's a tumus mess and it looks like they're disconnected, that's only to our eyes. But in essence the body and the neshama are always one with Hashem because they all come from the essence of Hashem and, 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 and therefore uh, nowadays, we don't understand that connection, but since the Neshama d- has done Torah Mitzvahs within the body, therefore the body has the capability uh, to able to reveal that connection that it has has. The body always really has that essential connection to Hashem, but without Torah Mitzvahs, it's completely hidden uh, within it. And that's a discussion for another time why that is, but the body's godly connection can only be revealed through the Torah Mitzvahs. So since the Neshama did Torah Mitzvahs within the body, therefore the body has that potential to reveal its Identity and it's essential connection that it has with Hashem, and that ultimately is what brings.